Whether our goals are related to our personal or professional lives, having a coach in your corner can be the difference between achieving those goals or not. Hear from the business, health, and life coaches who care about putting you on a path towards success on the Coach's Corner Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Coach's Corner Podcast. Today, I'm joined by life and health coach, Kendra Thomas. Kendra, thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation, Tony. I'm so excited to join you today. Likewise. And we've had such a great connection so far. You know, it seems like we really align in terms of our values, but also the, the message that I think you really bring is, is, is very much in line with how I feel and how I see things. But I'd love for you to just start by sharing a little bit about you in terms of how you got into coaching and really your philosophy behind uh, your practice. Absolutely. So I actually um, became a coach um, probably about 12 years ago. And so at that time, I was doing a lot of coaching um, in corporate America for um, an organization. And I was very young. So I was probably um, like in my mid mid 20s. Oh, no. Way. So you're actually doing uh, coaching on the, at the corporate level? I, I, I did. And so we were actually titled a coach. We were a coach cool. for an organization. And we went through tons of just self-development, professional development. And at that time, I began to really identify what my life's mission would be um, and just really looking at some of the different things that I was encountering when I was coaching some of these individuals. From a professional standpoint, I began to find that there was a lot of unhealed trauma, a lot of unresolved issues that people were facing. And so the reason why they weren't able to show up and do their best um, at their places of employment or, you know, in their current roles is because they hadn't healed from things that had happened in their their childhood. And so that was when I really started to identify and really dig deeper, even for myself on what things I needed to do to evolve and grow. So it's been a long journey. Um, it's been very exciting. And at times it's been difficult because when you are coaching and developing, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time. And you have to hang in there because, again, someone is not going to always get the message that you're trying to deliver to them um, the very first time. Yeah. So you have to mm -hmm. continue to just stay stay encouraged and stay involved with those particular people that you're coaching and really helping them see the roadmap to success on how they can become a better person overall. So it's, it's been quite a journey, Tony. And and you mentioned something very important, too, about the just uh, that it can drain you a little bit, right, in terms of the energy, in terms of you giving that away. Mm -hmm. and, and it almost reminds you of what you hear of, of therapists almost saying, like, man, to hear so much trauma all day long, like it takes a toll on you, right? Yes. How do you, as the coach, uh, recharge <laughs> yourself, re-energize yourself? Because it, it, it is, I mean, you're giving so much of yourself away to your clients. How does how, how does Kendra uh, recharge her battery? So I think for me, Tony, it's it's been a challenge. I'm, I'm going to be very honest. I was that type of person that didn't want to turn my phone off. I wanted to take every call. I wanted to answer every email. Because you care. I care. And that's something that, I really pride myself on because I do care about individuals and, and their growth and development. But I had to actually say, you know what, I had to put a stop to it and set boundaries, healthy boundaries. So if this is when my hours are going to be set, this is when I'm really going to just hone in and do the work. 
If it's an emergency, yes, I will take certain calls. I will respond. But I had to unplug and I had to learn how to create things in my life to feed my soul. So if I'm not coaching, developing and doing different things of that nature, I read tons of books. I'm looking at different podcasts. I'm, I'm just learning more about my craft, but then also taking time to spend with my family. So my parents are very important to me. And I think that sometimes when you're coaching, developing or even just building your career out, you sometimes may not spend as much time with those that you love. So I had to start carving out more time with them, especially as your parents get older and they face different health challenges. You learn how to carve out time and just really say, I need to be there for them. So I spend time with my parents. And then I spend a lot of time, believe it or not, I go to the beach. I just like going to visit different beaches because it brings me peace and serenity. And it really helps me reflect on what do I need to do again for my clients so that I can show up What do I need to do so that I can become a better person? So that's something that I love to do. I love going on my walk. So people may see me in my neighborhood. I'm walking. It just releases so much tension for me. It gives me an opportunity to see all of the new developments that are happening in my community, the different people that have moved in. So I do a lot of walking and it helps really to release the stress. (laughs) I mean, walking is so underrated. I mean, now it's becoming more <laughs> talked about, but I've heard so many things about even creativity, how it's not the necessarily the the, the, the exercise aspect of, of the walk that creates the connections in the brain, but it's actually the passing of space and time, right? As you walk through it and all these images are kind of going by you, that it, it's act, activating those parts in your brain to, that are creative and all those things. There's so much that we don't actually know, but walking is like an incredible thing. So to hear that is pretty awesome. Now, I'm curious when, like, what was what were you like growing up? Were you someone that was always like kind of leading coaching people or, or did you become a coach because you're like, I need a coach? <laughs> kind of you know thing. what? It's so funny you should ask me that about my childhood, Tony. So when I was growing up, I was actually an athlete. So I played sports. I believe that you're pretty tall, right? I mean, like, you got the physique for the for the athlete. Yeah, I was an athlete, and so I was the person that was like always in the class. That my mom would get mad because everybody would call my house and say, "Hey, what what assignments did we need to do? Do you remember what was going on?" She's like. Were they taking notes in school? What? Why? Why is everybody calling and asking you? So I was sort of a leader in my in my early childhood. Good for you, you know, looked at as someone who knew what was going on in the school in the community. Um, and so I was an athlete. I was a little quiet. I was shy. Uh, people um, didn't really hear me say a lot unless it was like my turn to speak. So I just allowed other people to kind of just have their space and their opportunity. Even though I was always called to the forefront for different opportunities, I was like, no, this person is their chance. Let them speak. Let them talk. Because I think sometimes, especially when you're a child, you know, kids tease you about various different things. So it was sort of my way as I now have realized deflecting deflecting (laughs) I was trying to shrink because I was like you said I was always the tallest person um, in the class you know so it was like I was trying to shrink and I didn't want people to see me and it was people that you know I had as teachers as guidance counselors that were like you're awesome you're great like Go, go be great. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to kind of just stay in the background. So I constantly was like always put in the forefront. And I had to learn how to accept that and how to help other people, you know, really understand that we all have our time. You know, we all have our time. So, yeah, I was I was quite shy as a as a as a kid. 
<laughs> yes. No way. I can't imagine it. I mean, you're so confident now. But yes. I mean, that's, you know, everyone has their story. You talk about the keys to success are, you know, healing and wholeness. Talk to me about the wholeness part, because the healing part, you know, I think we, we spent a lot of time talking about that. And obviously, there's traumas in your coaching. But explain the picture of wholeness for you. Absolutely. So when I think of <clears throat> the keys to success being health, healing, and wholeness, I really think about you have to go through the process of really becoming healthy. So we talked about this a little bit earlier, Tony. Like, what is health? How do people define health? Yep. You have people that are suffering from mental illnesses. You have people that have, what, diseases in their body. So diseases is a disease. And then you have people that haven't healed from what we talked about, again, the unhealed trauma, you know, the depression, the anxiety, all these things that start to show up. So how can you be this whole person and be successful? Yep. And so sometimes we're living up to what someone else's definition of success is. So when you become a whole person, I feel that, you are defining what your success is. So many times in our lives, especially when we were in school and, and we had friends, you know, remember when people would say, when I grow up, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, I'm going to have a house, I'm going to have a car. But what if you grow up and you don't have those things? Are you a failure? Are you not successful? So whose measuring stick are you using? Yep. Are you using yours or are you using someone else's? And so when you really get to a place of wholeness, you actually feel much freer because you're not living up to someone else's standards. You're not in consistent competition with other people because that happens so much in our lives. This friend bought a new truck. <laughs> this family member bought a house. So now I have to try to keep up with them, that keeping up with the Joneses mentality. Yeah. Yep. No, because I've healed, I'm healthy, I'm focusing on the things that matter. So now I'm a whole person. So success for someone may be, you know what? I'm a mom. I talk to many mothers and they're like, I'm successful because I'm a mom. I feel happy. This is what brings me joy. So who is someone to tell that person you're not successful because you don't have a career paying, you know, $150,000. You know, I meet people all the time and I have people that I've coached and they're like, this is the happiest I've ever been. And I say, why? They say, because I'm doing what I'm passionate about. I'm doing what I love. I tried working in corporate they're like, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Again, I was living up to someone else's expectations of what I should do. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people that love that. There are people that they they thrive off of that. But there are some people who they don't feel connected to it and they only do it because it's consistently been driven into them that this is success. You buy the house, you have 2.5 kids, you have the dog, you have the car. That's not for everybody. Nope. And not, not only that, but... Uh, and I talk about this all the time because how can you not see it, right, in, in our own society? But uh, poor people don't necessarily commit suicide, right? And I don't see it very prevalent. Mm -hmm. But it's always a disease uh, of the rich, right? <clears throat> because I think, to your point, it, it, it's always that putting something away from you where you say, if I have this, then I'll feel this way. But then because you get to that point where, like you said, when you arrive there and you get those things and you're like, wait a second. I still feel this way. <laughs> so therefore, obviously this wasn't it, right? There you go. Talk to me about a little bit about when, you know, when you're working with your clients or just in any situation where change is really the the next step. Like, and change can be very uncomfortable for people where they're, they're comfortable with what they know. It could be in their jobs or relationships. How do you walk someone, you know, your clients through 
Um, or what advice would you give on, on, on change and embracing it as part of that journey that needs to happen in order for you to have those things or, or experience those things that you want? I think very early on, I had someone that I worked with and they were resistant to change. I mean, if you're working a job, there are rules, regulations, guidelines. If you have your business, you have different rules, uh, regulations set up. And so some people are just resistant to certain things. So I countered someone that whatever policy, whatever procedure, whatever it was, they were resistant to it. They felt that it didn't apply to them. Mm -hmm. And so I think the first thing was really identifying why. Why did they feel that certain things didn't apply to them? Where where was that concept coming from? So you know what that was, Tony? That was an entitlement. That was an entitlement that that person felt that they were entitled to certain things. Certain things didn't apply to them. Now, does that always mean that the individual is spoiled, for example, like entitlement? No, not necessarily. I felt entitled at times in my life. Okay. So where did it come from? Yep. Why? Oh, well... I, I went to school. I went to college. I graduated. So I should get this job. You should hire me. No, that's not how that goes. Yeah. You know, no, I, I have all this work experience. I have this degree. I'm expected to, you know, be at this age, you know, making X amount of dollars, making six figures. And, you know, you start to take on certain entitlements that that's not the way life happens. Right. So you have to identify why does that person feel entitled? It may not be that they're spoiled. It's just different things that have happened in their lives. And so now, okay, well, you feel like you're entitled to that. So why? And then how, from that conversation, is it is it an easy one? Is it uh, is it generally pretty hard? It's hard. Yeah, I bet. Because we don't realize, and we when you really think about it, Tony, do we really realize and do we say, okay, you know what? I have the spirit of entitlement. I feel like I'm entitled to things because what that does is that tells us, you know what? I'm not appreciative. Yeah. I'm not grateful <clears throat> because just like you may not have this job, you may not be making the money. There's somebody who doesn't have a job right? or just because, you know, you feel like you're entitled to have a certain type of car or a certain type of house. You have something, you live in an apartment. You may not be what you want right now. So we sometimes don't want to realize we're not being appreciative. We're not being grateful. Have I been there? Absolutely. It was because I had the spirit of entitlement. And when I started to remove that and when the client, this particular person I'm speaking of, started to remove that, they were like, wow. Hmm. Now it comes the self-reflection. Right. Now comes the, well, why was I feeling that way? Now, and it takes sometimes months. Sometimes some people can self-reflect and identify that. For some people, it may take years because, again, you have to be the owner of your healing. I can't heal for you. So if you're not if you're not in a place where you want to be a willing participant, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I mean it's deep, but it's very, very true. And you know, as far as the the business side of things, right? Because obviously as a coach it, it is a business. How how do you approach connecting with clients to, to your point earlier of making sure that there is that connection and, and also for other coaches out there, right? Because if you have people coming into your circle that um, probably aren't a good fit. You know, you want to make sure you have other coaches in your network to be able to refer them to or whatever that looks like and vice versa, right? What advice would you give in terms of uh, establishing really who you are 
what you represent, those values, but then also to, to, to be selective. And how do you approach that when it doesn't, when you're like, hey, they want, they want to work with you, but you're like, I don't want to work with them. No, you, you actually have touched on a really great point. And I think the biggest thing is, is that you have to be authentic. And so for me, the way I wear my hair, you know, I've cut it recently, but the, the clothes I wear, the, the actual things I say, that's me. Yep. And so people can identify because when you see me, you know, doing different, you know, videos, when you see me at work, when you see me at different community events, this is me. This is how I'm showing up. And so people are watching you. Absolutely. People are watching you. So they're looking to see if everything you say are you living up to it? Are you implementing it in your life? And so once I think people see and identify that, now they're looking for consistency. And so many people approach in that way. Wow, you know, I see these videos or I saw you at this event or I've just been watching you and I see the work you've been doing. So can we have a coffee? Can we connect? A lot of times that happens. And so to the flip side, you do sometimes have people that connect and they may have other ulterior motives. So it's really just coming with some questions because you can identify if a person is really serious yeah. by the questions you ask them. So, you know, where are you at in your life? What are you working on? What are you looking to achieve? Yep. Where are you, you know, really taking the time to work on some of the things that I talk about with health, healing, and wholeness? Like, what does that mean to you? So then you can identify if that person is honestly really in a place of where they're willing to move forward. And so, again, it takes time. It really does. But those are some things that I've encountered when when having different people reach out to me or when people just say, wow, I've been watching you for a while. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, it makes it easier, though. And I think you're doing the right thing by being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. Um, What's the vision for you as far as, you know, yourself, your brand, your clients, and what 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 do you hope for in 2022 and beyond? Absolutely, Tony. So um, I think for me, I want to continue promoting uh, the keys to, to success, our health, healing, and wholeness. So I'm actually working on an ebook that nice. I, I, I definitely will be able to share. And then I think the the vision for me is to be able to ultimately ensure that my impact is not just being you know, reached for individuals here in Chicago, but across the country. Like I'm having more people that are reaching out to me and connecting with me from different states. Wow. And so different things, you know, are going on that are a commonality between, you know, what's happening here in Chicago with certain things that people are experiencing. So I think we've been very unique and we're kind of ahead of the game here in Chicago. So now other people are experiencing and seeing different things with trauma or different types of violence. And they're like, wow, this is starting to pick up and happen here. And I'm like, OK, interesting. I can kind of coach you through that. I'll talk to you about that because this is something that I'm familiar with. And they're like, interesting. So that's something that I'm definitely looking to do, continue to build the brand do the ebook and reach clients in other states because when you talk about healing and when you talk about health it is so vast you can I mean you can just talk and reach so many different people so not limiting to myself to just being here in Chicago wow that's that's so awesome especially I love hearing that about Chicago and just that <laughs> you know we've been through a lot <laughs> we've been through a lot and, and definitely comes with experience and, and teachable moments so yes you know I'm just amazing what you're doing and, and I encourage you to, to, to push through whatever that is that you know most people see as roadblocks I know that for you, you your vision is very big and I, and I love that and you're embracing it so any way that we can support you we're always here but I want to thank you Kendra for coming in sharing your story and being a part of our community 
I appreciate you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was a great time. Awesome. Awesome.